welcome to Bible Suffering Tuesday. How are you doing? I trust you're well and you're doing great. I've missed you. I hope you've missed me as well. Uh, for the past seven weeks, we've had a guest, the pastor of this ministry, our father, Pastor Ifan Yuchuku, all the way from Foursquare in Nigeria, was around here in the UK for some months and he took charge of Bible suffering and God, it was a beautiful, life-changing experience. You know, he took us back to the foundational doctrines of the church. You know, he spoke to us about the blessed hope, which is the resurrection from the dead, promised to us saints and Christians. Then he rounded off with the eternal judgment of the saints. It was a beautiful experience and I love, love him for having and making that time to teach us. I'm so super, super grateful. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, sir. Now he's back home and we thank God for a safe journey back home in Abuja. We pray God's blessings upon him and upon his family and ministry. So we are starting a new series. This is Bible Suffering. We're going to solve the word of God. And we're going to look at some subject I believe that was impressed in my heart by the Spirit to teach as we just started a new year. I mean the spiritual new year, not January, not the January new year based on the Gregorian calendar. God's new year starts um, around September and October. And this is one of the things I call little foxes that spoil the vine. And these little foxes, if we are not weary of them, might actually spoil the vine. You know, do you know when um, uh, Samson's prospective in-laws tried to con him out of marrying their daughter? Do you know what he did? He set little foxes <laughs> into their vine. And do you know what happened? Their vine was destroyed destroyed because he lit fire in the tail. Little foxes, just have them run through your vine. They will cause chaos. They will cause destruction. And I believe that the times we're living in, at times as Christians, we need to be sensitive to a lot of things. So we need to be sensitive to Satan's deception. We need to be so, so, so alert to his ways. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Now, this subject I'm going to talk to you about today is one subject that could stop us from living the life that God wants us to live. It's one thing I'm sure, if you don't tackle, will affect also your relationship with the Father. Little fox, but it can affect the relationship with your Father. But the beauty about the relationship with the Father is that from God's end, from God's end, hallelujah, He is consistent. <laughs> he is consistent. See, let me say this. Whenever you think that you are, that God is far from you, the truth is that He is not far from you. This is something every believer must know for sure. It has happened to us all that at times in our life, in our journey of Christianity, we feel that God has abandoned us. I mean, people have told me that when they dabbled in one sin or the other, they felt that God abandoned them and God left them. 
and I always try to paint the right picture for them. God is consistent. God is a man. Oh, he's not a man. God is a person of his word. When God says something, you can take it to the bank. God does not say things for mere saying it. God says things that he means. So we'll put it this way. God means what he says and says what he means. What does that mean? When you read something from the word of God, don't argue with it. Take it to the bank. And guess what? You will surely profit from it. Now, what word do I usually give these people? I tell them that God has told us something. That he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Take it to the bank and bank it. But pastor, how come I don't feel his presence anymore? He has abandoned me. No, he didn't. He has said he will not. He has said that even if a mother giving suckle to her baby abandons that baby, and it is possible they do that. I mean, I've seen a lot of women do that. Give birth to a baby, abandon that baby. Give birth to a baby, give it up for, for, for adoption. Give birth to a baby, even throw that baby in the garbage truck. They've done it. And God, when he said that, knew the man had, has the capacity to do that. He said, even if men can do that, he said, see, I, the Lord God, will not do that. So whenever you feel that God is far from you, it is not God that drew away from you. No. But now you feel and sense that God is far from you, it is your soul feeling detached from God. Why Satan gives us those auto-suggestions and suggestive thoughts that God has abandoned you is for you to keep drawing away. What the Bible says, say, if you draw nigh to me, he said, When you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. What that means that he's not coming closer to you, rather, you will start sensing his presence again around you. So, one thing to do whenever you feel that he's he has left you is to start confessing that word. He told me. He will neither leave me. He will neither forsake me. I believe it. God, I believe it. I know you are with me. And I know you are where? In me. If God is in you, where is he going to? The closest person to you is the Holy Spirit. Because he lives in you. The Bible says that he that is one with the Spirit is one is one spirit with God. You are fused to the master. He can't leave even if he wants to, but he doesn't. He can't. He can't leave. So you are one with him. You are one with him. He can't leave you. Start confessing that word. All of a sudden, do you know what will happen? You, his presence that is already with you, he will start manifesting himself from your inside and he will flood your outside. Hallelujah. 
He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I know why I'm saying this. It is critical. Because it is the first step towards healing. Knowing that God is with you no matter what you've done. And I'll repeat that again. No matter what you've done, He won't leave you. He won't abandon you. He won't forsake you. No matter what you've done. No matter what you've done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So these little foxes, when we understand the devices of the enemy, ceases to be a little fox. <laughs> we apprehend them before they can destroy our vine. The subject I'm going to talk to you about today is the subject of forgiveness. I have a book already on it. My father of blessed memory did a good work on this subject, forgiveness. Oh, a marvelous work on this subject, forgiveness. And he has ministered on this subject all, all over the world. There's something about forgiveness. It is, all right, there's something about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is one of those little foxes that spoil the vine. So I ask you to please go find this book. It is on Amazon. It is on Apple Books. If you're in Nigeria, it's on Okada Books. Okada Books. Just search for Okada Books on, on the internet, okadabooks.com. You will find this book. Buy it and read it, especially in the season we are living in now. We are in the last of the last of the last of the last of the last days and sins of the heart are one of those things that will keep many Christians from eternal bliss. So search for this book. You must forgive by Reverend Zukobi. What happened is that I took a compilation of his writings and his books on this subject and I put them together. So the first half of this book will be the writings and the compilations of my father. The second half, I wrote. So I co-authored it with him. The second half of the book are some of the things I believe that we should also know about forgiveness or unforgiving. Things like how unforgiveness affects your health. I mean, that is something that we in the church, we've not taught the people. Unforgiveness affects your health. Now, one thing about God is that, and we need to understand this as Christians, is that every do not in the Bible is not for God. I don't know if you understand that. When God says, don't do this, he's not saying don't do this because of himself. God is in perfection. Oh, God is in the state of perfection. So when God says, don't do this, he's saying that to you. Don't do this is for your advantage, not for his advantage. This is something we must settle in our inside. So every commandment of God is for our good. So when God says, forgive, don't live in unforgiveness, it has everything to do with you. One of the reasons is that unforgiveness affects your health. Maybe down, down somewhere in the series, I'll read some things for you 
from the book. But today, I was speaking with the Holy Spirit this past week. You know, like, you told me to, to teach on forgiveness. But I want you to also show me a new way to do this. And he did. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love the Holy Spirit. And he did. And how he started that is that he took me first to where Jesus put to work forgiveness. And you find that in Luke chapter 23, on the cross, as he was hanging on the cross, the Bible says that Jesus prayed a prayer. This is one of the, I think, three prayers or two prayers he prayed while hanging on the cross. He said to his father, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the Holy Spirit, while I was having this conversation with him, said, that, did you notice something? I was like, what, Lord? He said, did you notice that Jesus did not wait for the crucifixion to be completed, for the persecution to end? He did not wait for the pain being inflicted on him to pass away before he forgave. He forgave while the persecution was still ongoing. He forgave while he was still hung on the cross. He forgave while the pain was at the highest stretch hold. You need to understand what it means to hang on the cross. What kills you on the cross is your inability to stand straight. <sighs> Let me not go into the detail of crucifixion. He was still going through the pain. Yet, he had enough presence of mind to forgive. He didn't say like most of us say today, Oh, until he comes to beg and apologize, I won't forgive. Until he comes to say, I'm sorry, I lie on the ground, I won't forgive. He didn't say like some other few people that would say, oh, I'm still hurting. When the pain goes, then I'll consider forgiving. No. While he was still in the process of the persecution, while he was still in the midst of the pain, he forgave. He forgave. Oh, he forgave. I was like, Lord, I have not noticed that. He says, this is where I want my children to get up to. The point where they will forgive even why they are hurt. He says, see, tell them that it's not going to be easy at first. But the more they practice it, they will get there. That what I just need from them is to trust me. What I just need from them is their obedience. See, that's all he needs. Once you can trust him and obey him to forgive because he has given it as an instruction. He says you get to a point in your Christian life that it becomes easy to so you get to a point in your Christian life that whilst you are still feeling that pain, you will forgive easily. 
Like, glory be to God. And he says, he showed me something. This, this is what I wanted to use to teach the people the process to forgive. Just teach them how to forgive using this analogy. Uh, yes, Lord, I will do that. So I'm going to talk to you today on how to forgive. First, I'll tell you a story. In my SS2, I believe for five, we were moved over to this new complex in my school that was uncompleted. Of course, a lot of things, I think there's about 80% uncompleted. A lot of the building materials were still hanging around, a lot of the rooms. We're not even ready for them to be used as classroom because the school was already busting, you know. <laughs> it seems they needed to move us into that new complex. And of course, we did move to that new complex. So, uh, it was break time one of those days. And, um, you know, boys will be boys. And we ran out to go do whatever we have planned we are going to do during break. And as I ran out of the class, by my class is the staircase, and some of these rods, iron rods, we are all sticking out. And of course, you know the size of the rods are usually used for the pillars of a building that is about two stories high. It's not the 12 mm or 14 mm. I think it's about 26 mm or 24 mm. This thick rod, and they were sticking out. So as I ran past the staircase and by one of those pillars on which the staircase is, you know, attached to, my knee, will I say brushed, this is more than brushed to be honest, but brushed <coughs> on one of those iron rods that we are sticking out. And I had a deep gash on my knee. And I looked at it, I was like, oh, my trouser is torn. I was even more concerned that he tore my trouser. <laughs> and through the hole of the trouser, I saw the wound. And it was white. I was like, hmm, white. I looked at it, I was like, hmm, no pain. And I continued running after my friends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it was up to a minute or two or thereabout. All of a sudden, I felt like liquid being poured on my, on my leg. You know, and I looked at my leg. Oof, blood. My trouser was soaked and I was dripping blood. So I opened that hole again, looked into that hole. Now I could barely see the wound. It wasn't white, it was bloody. And to be honest, I can't really remember what happened, but I presume. I was taken to the sick bay and all that, you know, the whole story. But when that thing happened, it wasn't painful. It was later on <laughs> that the pain <laughs> came. Oh, 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 and it was painful. It was a very, very deep wound. And I was told that the whitish material I saw was almost like my bones, it was that deep. And this is over 30 years ago. I'm going to put up a picture of the scar later, of the scar of that wound. See, I've had a lot of injuries. I remember when I was about five or six in my breakfast table in, uh, when we went for Christmas in my village back in Nigeria, about five or six. 
I was trying, I don't know what I was trying to reach out for, and I accidentally um, hit a spoon in one of the teacups with hot boiling water. And the water, you know, spilled on my body from my shoulder all the way down to the beginning of my thighs. And I was in hospital for over a week, if I remember, for that um, bone to heal. And when it healed, I had that bone scar everywhere on my chest and, and so on. Now, because it was not so deep into my skin, after 15 or so years, I noticed that the scar kept on fading. Of course, I was growing. I was growing with my skin expansion and all that made sure that the scar faded and faded and faded. And as I was preparing this message, I actually went to the mirror to look for the scar. I couldn't find it anymore. It is gone. Why? It is a superficial wound. I mean, it didn't even go today. It's been gone for decades. But do you know, I still have the scar. It's over 30 years that this happened to me in my knee. The scar is still there, still big and bold. Why? There are some injuries that are deeper than some. And I say this to, 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 to bring some clarity into the subject of forgiveness. There are some injuries, there are some wounds that people will inflict on you that will hurt more than the wounds others will inflict on you. Let me give an example. If somebody you, you are close to, that you trust, that you believe loves you, hurts you, you don't expect to get over it in a second. Why? Your emotions are involved in this relationship. I mean, you don't expect that this kind of person that loves you can hurt you that deeply. So for some of those wounds, it will take time to heal. Even when it heals, you will bear the mark. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to talk to you about wounds. I'm going to talk to you about scars. They are two different things. Then there are some wounds that when they heal, the scars just stay for a while. For some, it might stay weeks and it's gone. For some, it might stay days and it's gone. For some, it might stay months. For some, it might stay years. For some, the scars will never go till you die. So when we understand this, we bring everything into context when it comes to this subject of forgiveness. And the Spirit said to me, this is what I wanted to teach the people on how to forgive. Use wounds and injuries to teach it. So I had to go study how wounds heals. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because he told me to go do that. Say, study how wounds heals. And when I said I studied how wounds heals, the first thing I found out, and this ministered to me a whole lot, the first thing I found out in the process of healing a wound, they'll always tell you, 
Now the Matthew books I read, materials I read, top on the list is stop the bleeding. And that's exactly what they tried to do when I went to the city. They did everything to stop the bleeding. Huh. I want you to repeat after me where you are. Say, stop the bleeding. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, type it in the comments. Say, number one way to forgive is stop the bleeding. If you're with me on Zoom, type it in the comment section. Say, number one way. One of the first thing you need to do on the route to healing from that hurt that somebody might have caused or done to you, that pain they may have inflicted on you. The first thing is to do what? Stop the bleeding. And in biology and in medicine and in science, it's called homostasis. Or is it hemostasis? Stop the bleeding. I say, Holy Spirit, what is, what does this mean? Stopping the bleeding in the process of forgiving. What is it? What does it mean? He said, when it comes to forgiving, stopping the bleeding is exactly what Jesus did on the cross. <sighs> wow. I said, what? So you just read it. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He said, you stop the bleeding by forgiving that's why I showed you that scripture. Say Jesus, and he told me, say, I told you that Jesus did not wait for the pain to go. Jesus did not wait for the infliction of pain to stop. He did not wait for the persecution to end. In the midst of the pain, the persecution, he forgave them. Oh, that he said, forgiving. When the hurt is being carried out, it's stopping the bleeding. So haven't you watched all these movies, war movies or shooting movies or whatever, when somebody is shot and, or hurt, the first thing they do is they, they tell the person, put, on pre put pressure, put pressure, put pressure on it. Stop the pain, stop the bleeding. Why are they trying to do? They want to stop the bleeding. Why? If you don't stop the bleeding and the person loses a lot of blood, that person's life is now at risk. Huh. Somebody did not hear me. If you don't stop the bleeding and the person loses more blood than he should, that person's life is now at risk. Stop the bleeding. If not, the person's life is now at risk. And this is where you choose and you decide to forgive. Not only do you choose, not only do you decide, you take it a step further and actually forgive. This is what Jesus did. He stopped the bleeding by forgiving. He stopped the bleeding when he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. <laughs> when and like I said, depending on how deep that wound is, the bleeding might not just stop immediately. It might take some time, you know, 
depending on how long it took you to stop the bleeding, you might have lost a lot of blood. And now when you lose a lot of blood, you become a bit faint. It might start affecting your consciousness. The more you're losing blood, the more you're losing fluids, you start losing your consciousness. Can unforgiveness affect your mental health? Yes, it can. Medically proven, it can. Go buy this book. I did some work on it. Buy it Amazon, Okada Books, Kindle, soft copy. Very soon we are going to upload the audio book. So you can also get it on Audible. Go get this book. It can affect your mental health. It can affect your physical health. Why? You let it bleed. You let it bleed. When you stop the bleeding, from my research, we are told that blood cells clump and clot to stop the bleeding. When you forgive that person, so spiritual things now are released to soothe the pain. The first stop to healing, the first thing to healing that hurt, to healing that wound that somebody has caused you or done to you, is by forgiving that person. Until you forgive, you don't release spiritual blood cells that goes to your soul to start clumping and clotting to stop the bleeding. To start easing or to start the process of easing the pain. It is that decision to forgive that starts it. It is that decision to forgive that does it. That does it. Hallelujah. <laughs> that does it. That does it. Mavo shakataya. So my brothers, my sisters, yes, it's painful. Yes, I'm hurt. Yes, I've been uh, betrayed. Whatever thing that happened, just forgive. See, one thing that makes us the disciples of Christ is not just salvation. Because if salvation makes us disciples of Christ, Jesus would not have told the disciples in Matthew 28, to do something beyond saving them. You know, when Matthew 28, when he gave them the power, he said, see, all power has been given unto me. And I said to them, go in my name. Meaning, go and preach. Go and do all that. But he said to them, yes, the first point of call is preaching. The first point of call is saving people, but it doesn't end there. They need to go beyond just salvation of the people. You see, Go make disciples of men. Make disciples of men. Beyond being saved, God wants us to be his disciples. And what did he say? He said, see, how do you make disciples? He said, teaching them to do what? Observe. And to do all that I have commanded you. So what makes you a disciple of God goes beyond salvation. That is the first point of call. But discipleship is a process. 
What makes you a disciple of God is that you have been taught how to obey the commandments of God. Now, if God has said to us, forgive them their sins, forgive them their trespasses, it is a command and we must obey it and we must forgive. How you know truly that you're a disciple of God is that no matter how you feel, discipleship goes beyond how you feel. A disciple of God does not do things based on how he or she feels. A disciple of God does things because it has been commanded by Jesus. So yes, the pain is there. I am not denying the pain. I am not downplaying the pain. I'm man. I've gone through hurts as well. I felt that pain. But I got to a point in my discipleship that I learned how to obey regardless of how I feel. So what I did was to just obey. What you should do is to stop the bleeding before it gets into your mental health. Before it starts affecting your body. Just obey as a discipleship, as a disciple of God. Forgive that person. Stop the bleeding first. Stop it. Yes, stopping the bleeding has not healed the pain. True. <laughs> I'll never tell you that. That when you forgive, the pain goes. I'll be lying to you. I'll never tell you that when you forgive, you forget. I'll be lying to you. Every time I look at that, my scar, I still remember what happened. But I can squeeze it, hit it now. Do I feel the pain? No. It has healed. It was once a wound, but it is now a scar. Hey, hallelujah. Don't forget this quote. It was once a wound, but it is now a scar. The difference between a wound and a scar is that the wound has gone through the process of healing and the pain has gone, but the scar remains, just to remind you of what happened. And one of these things are also so these things that this hurt, these wounds of the soul that we experience and we've gone through, they are also, you know, part of the things that teach us, that educate us. After this happened to me, I'm careful whenever I see an exposed iron rod. Because I went through that pain, that process, I have learned to be more careful. I have learned about safety. So some of the things we go through, some of the hearts we've been through are also teachers. We need to start looking at some of these things from the positive end instead of from, from the negative end. Some of the hurts we've been through are supposed to help us be better people. Some of the pain we've been through are supposed to make us help us to others. When we see people also going through that stuff, we can help them. When I see people running around where there's an exposed rod, I can caution them because of what I've gone through. But see the beauty of, of a scar instead of a wound. If I go to help those kids running around exposed rods with my wound that have not healed, I'm going to cause more problem for them. Not only will I um, 
uh, they probably scare them when they see their blood. I will also inflict on them the pain I am feeling. Why? A wound remains a wound because of the pain. A scar is no longer a wound because the pain has gone. But if I go to those kids with my scar, not a wound, I don't feel the pain anymore, I will be of more help to them than the state I was in when the wound was still unhealed or was not healed. Let me explain. If I had gone to them when the wound has not healed, do you know what I will say to them? Oh, this school is rubbish. The leaders of this school is rubbish. Why would they send us into a building that is not completed? I'll be unleashing my pain for the school authority for not doing what they are supposed to do on the kids. And that's exactly what happens to parents. Maybe they are recently divorced and they are still going through that pain. The pain of the betrayal of their spouse, they try to inflict that pain on their children. Because they still carry the wound. They are inflicting the pain on their children. And they think it's not affecting the children. It is affecting the children. Not only will they affect the children uh, from the aspect of their relationship with that spouse they are trying to paint black, it also affects the kids in their own experience, when, in their own relationship, when they grow. Why? You are inflicting the pain from the wound on them. But if you have healed, yes, you have the scar, but you've healed, no pain. When you talk to your children, you talk to them from a place of free of pain than from a place full of pain. There's a big difference. When Jesus appeared to his disciples and he told them, he told Thomas, come, touch, pass your hand through my hands. It is I. He did not appear to the disciples with the wound. <laughs> with the wounds. He appeared to them with the scars. There are two different things. The scars. The scars is a sign that you went through the pain, though you're no longer feeling the pain. But the wound <laughs> are signs that you went through the pain and you're still in it. Don't treat people when you're in pain. Treat people when you're free from that pain. That is why when you're still hurting, Try and monitor what you say. Mind your tongue. Very important. Guard your heart. Very important. Until you've experienced healing. I'm going to talk on this further because it's very important. Very, very important. I've looked at my time. My time is far, far, far spent. I need to stop. Very, very important. Keep a date with me next Tuesday. I still have several steps on how wounds heal. I'm going to show you something the Holy Spirit taught me. And it's going to help you in forgiving people. Just like Christ did. Oh, I'm so excited. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you, sweet spirit. You are the teacher. You are the teacher. You are the teacher. Not me. Not me. Yes, I've spoken words. 
that I trust you. You will take these words and your word home with the listeners. Those listening on Facebook, YouTube, those with us on Zoom. Let your words, O oh Lord, be engraved on the fleshy parts of your heart as they grow into the full stature of Christ, as they become disciples. May they, Lord, may they, Lord, learn just like you showed us how to forgive. But I ask that you soothe our souls. There might be people going through pain, suffering from heart, from past. Sweet Spirit, you are the lover of our soul. The lover of our soul. Soothe the pain. Soothe the pain. Listen to me. The Lord said, I should tell you, He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Now at times, it appears as if God is far from you. He's far from us. You know, that, 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 that can be, that is so far from the truth. They're saying His word, He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And that is the truth. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. So whenever you think or sense that he's far from you, he isn't. 